Hey, hello, what's up? It's Chet Czar here with another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. Today is episode 147, I think. Nathan Wright, which is weird to say because I've been reading it as read, but it's actually pronounced right, he said. It's R-E-I-D-T. Anyway... He's, he's really a great artist. I love his stuff. It's really weird and excellent. So I was happy to have him on. And we had a good conversation. And we have similar um, story, sim- similar backgrounds working in the film industry and then hating it and then um, leaving to do our own art. So that was uh, kind of fun to talk about. Anyway... So, um, <clears throat> before we get into it, let's see what's going on with me here. I, uh, uh, I quit smoking, so that's good. The easiest time I've ever quit. Well, I didn't quit 100%. I quit smoking cigarettes, but I am smoking this jewel a little bit. Only when I get a, a craving for nicotine. So it's, you know, not, it's hardly anything. And, um... Yeah, I was having trouble with. I, I'm I'm taking this class, this um, meditation online class um, at Magic.me, which I highly recommend. And uh, there were some breathing exercises, and I was like, man, I am having trouble with these breathing exercises. So okay, that was that was the uh, thing I needed to get me to quit, I suppose. So. It's been six days, and like I said, it hasn't been difficult this time, which is weird. Uh, I've quit before using a vape and a or a a Juul vape, and it's been hard before. But I think it's because I've been really, really good with my meditation, and a lot more disciplined with it. So I'm seeing uh, uh, big positive effects in my life since I've been practicing this stuff. So that's just one of many things. So there's that. And let's see, I'm just working on commission still, still the book, getting the tool posters ready. Okay. Tool posters will be released. The LA poster and the Pittsburgh poster. I'm going to release doodle doodled signed by me, signed by the band, um, posters. I'm going to release them next week. This weekend I have a a tattoo convention, the Golden State Tattoo Convention in Pasadena. It's Nico Hurtado's tattoo convention, and um, I'm going to have a booth there this weekend. So this week I'm going to be getting ready for that. And then next week I will release the prints. And they will be released on my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash chetzar first. And then anything that's still left will be released to the public after that. So, um, yeah, I guess, yeah, I have, I have t-shirts too of, of the images, the tool from the tool gigs. Okay, so I'll be releasing a day and a time when that's going to happen. 
I got to figure that out, actually, maybe tomorrow. Today's Tuesday. Yeah, today's Tuesday. I'm recording this intro on Tuesday. Then I'm going to post it. Then tomorrow, it's this is the early... Oh, God, I can't think straight. I'm recording the intro now. I am posting it for the early edition. If you want to hear the early edition, if you're not hearing this early and you want to hear the early edition next week or the week after that, you can join our Patreon, which is Dark Art Society. I mean, patreon.com slash darkartsociety. And you can join for as little as a dollar a month and get in our secret Facebook group and our new website, which is still being upgraded and made better and better. And it's really cool for when Facebook goes uh, the way of MySpace. We will still have a home base for the for the Dark Art Society movement. Um, oh, here's the other thing I wanted to mention. I've, we're, we're trying to get Mike Carell, the guy, uh, my guy who I started this podcast with who, who left, and but he also did the uh, Chet Czar I Like to Paint Monsters documentary. We're trying to get that on... Um, Netflix through a grassroots movement. So if I'm in the description of this podcast, um, there is a link to suggest new titles to Netflix. So if you wouldn't mind doing that, I would appreciate it because as much as the, the uh, I like to paint monsters has gotten really great reviews I haven't heard a bad thing about it other than it's too short, which is a pretty pretty um, good good as far as criticism criticisms go. Um, we ha- it's still kind of flying under the radar uh, because you can only get it on iTunes for rent and my website and through our distributor first run features as a DVD. So we're trying to get it on Netflix just so more people can see it. I mean, this is not like a movie that any of us are going to ever make money on you just i don't think you make money from every everyone i've talked to that makes documentaries you don't really make money from documentaries um but we want the movie to be seen so we're trying to get it on netflix so if you can just go uh click that link in the description and suggest chet czar i like to paint monsters then if enough people hit netflix up then it'll get on there and that would be cool that uh for millions of people to be able to see it that would be kind of amazing okay so that's that um let's see okay five questions get these over with um alicia zaringo what can we all do being so spread apart to collaborate together and create a collective of sorts that is anyone's guess but you know if you're not if you're not feeling part of a collective then make your own collective start shows link up with other artists online you know sometimes you got to be you got if you if you don't the thing that uh, if the group that is out there doesn't exist the, the group that you want if the group that you want is not out there then create it yourself and that means extra work on your end, but hey, that's the way it goes. Um, you know, it's an opportunity too if it doesn't exist because you can make it exactly how you want it. 
someone's got to head these things up. As far as dark art goes, I always imagined, uh, not that I, I don't know that this is going to happen, but I always thought um, a cool way for the dark art thing to happen would be little chapters in every city, little scenes in every city. Everyone has their own little dark art scene. But of course, this applies to any kind of art that you're doing. It doesn't have to be dark art. Uh, we Nathan Wright, who I'm interviewing um, in this podcast, is part of the whole Philly dark art scene, which is this pretty cool Philly dark art scene. Who'd have thunk? You know, I think it's um, maybe a little tighter and more organized than like New York or or um, any other big city that I could think of that is a dark art scene. I mean, maybe not L.A. just because L.A.'s got um, uh, like three dark art galleries. But it's... Uh, yeah, Philly is, is it's got an amazing dark art scene. And I think that they are kind of like an example of what other cities around the country should should be. I mean, there's got to be other dark artists in just about every town, I imagine. At least I hope. So if you're a dark artist or any artist and your scene doesn't exist, then create it, manifest it, make it happen. It's up to you. Um, okay. And then when you know when you link up with other artists, then you you discuss ideas of how to how to get out there, how to make noise, how to get attention with your work. You know. Okay. Johnny Weiss. I always like to know what an artist's most meaningful piece is and why it carries more weight than other work. So I'm assuming you're directing that at me. Um, I probably should have thought about this first. Um, yeah, you know, I always, my black magic is my fallback, I guess. That, that painting is, that's, that's the magic painting for me. That was the turning point painting for me, and it came out of nowhere. Popped in my head as if by magic. So I attribute kind of like a spiritual purpose to that painting. That's, prob that's the one. I mean, that is the one for me. Uh, and it's because, uh, like I said, because it came out of nowhere. It was fully formed in my head. When it popped in my head, I wasn't thinking about anything. It was like zapped in my head, like from an alien or from some higher force. Um, so, uh, and it's still, and it was one of my most popular paintings, probably, well, one of my most popular paintings, probably my most popular character I've ever painted. And... You know, I'm still the the story of dystopia. As when the dystopia book, the guidebook is done, then I'll be able to create some work about the story of dystopia. the 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 book itself is a guidebook. It's not about it. It's not really a story. It's more like here's what these things are, 
uh, like a, you know, a guidebook. And, but, you know, Black Magic's going to be a primary character when we get to the story aspect of dystopia. He's kind of, I'm not going to say anything. Uh, so, yeah. That's that's why, and that's it's black magic, and that's why. Um, I have other ones that are, you know, personally, you know, I did one that was kind of about my when my dad died, and um, one with my mother in law died that was kind of about that, and so there's ones that are personal to me in that way. So they they all have different reasons for being favorites, but. I mean, I like most of my paintings, probably 90, 99% of them. There might be 1% that I just, I don't really like. And I'm not going to say what those ones are. Um, because people might like them and then I don't, I don't want to insult them. But I like m most of them. If I, if I, I wouldn't let them get out in the world if I didn't like them. And the ones I don't like are probably older ones that where I wasn't didn't really know what I was doing. Okay, um, that's two. Did I ask this one? I'm coming down to my last five questions, so um, I'm gonna have to ask for some more, or maybe stop doing this if you don't want to hear it. Von Bielak, what effect does music you listen to while you work have in your art? Did I ask answer that one before? It sounds familiar. I'm going to answer it again because I don't, I don't have that many questions left to choose from. Uh, it, you know, music functions the same way that documentaries and movies do for me when it comes to painting. Like, like when I listen to music, I don't like putting music on. Well, sometimes I do. That's not true. So there are two ways I listen to music. There's there's the way that where you kind of put it on the background, which I don't do that often. Um, when 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 we're working, doing you know shipping and all that stuff, we put music on in the background. But the way I listen to music ever since I was a kid, like I sit down and I listen to music and I read the words. I used to read the liner notes. I mean, I come from the days of vinyl. When, you know, that's how you got a record. It was a big vinyl thing and you could read the liner notes and know who the producer was and who wrote the songs and who wrote the lyrics and you could read all the lyrics. And it was like, you know, uh, an all day affair when you got a new album, you sit there and read the words and get into it. And um, so when I listen to music now, uh, I listen to it like that. Like I'm, I sit and I listen to it. And I think about it, and I think about what's being played here. I mean, I'm also a musician, so I've got a certain amount of um, knowledge about music. Not that much, mostly intuitive, but I, you know, I'm pretty into music. So um, I'm able to pick things apart and go, oh, that's interesting, the way they did that change there, and blah, blah, blah. But, but the way that I listen to it, the way it affects my artwork when I'm painting is... The way, like the way, the way that putting a movie on does, which is, it's like it occupies my thinking mind. So I, same, so I can like listen to music, and I'll get kind of, you know, wrapped up into listening to it. And then when I paint, it's just kind of happening. It's like, 
it's like in the same way that that focusing on your breathing when you're meditating takes occupies your mind so that you, so that it blanks out you know all your attention's focused on your breathing so that you're not thinking which is the goal of meditation and it's like that with music for me or or listening to movies when i paint um, it, it occupies that part of my brain so I could just paint and not think too much. So that's how music affects me while I listen to it while I'm working. Alex Fitch, can we have a street team, please? Uh, that's a great idea, street team. I don't, you know, I'm not sure what that would entail, but, you know, I'll, if someone wants to do that, I'll facilitate that. How about that? Uh, I'm just, you know, or I, I'm kind of just hold, barely holding everything all together as far as the uh, Dark Art Society. So anybody who wants to jump in, hit me up. Three, that was four. Okay. Mike Carell, if you were beginning as an artist in the current climate of social media, what would your number one piece, what would be your number one piece of advice? Hmm. 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 Well, I would, you know what? Okay. Um, I would say make sure your work is good enough to be show, shown to hundreds of people or thousands of people because if you're successful eventually you'll get hundreds or thousands of people um looking at your profile and then if you have a bunch of subpar work that's up online and you know okay so imagine you start off and you're not very good because no one starts off very good that's you know most most of us. Then you practice, practice. You could bust your ass and become amazing. You could become the best. Um, if you ha you have all that work from when you weren't very good, it's you know not not the best way to present yourself. So I think the big thing is really making sure that your um, work is up to par with other artists that you think are great you know you got to be honest and compare yourself that would be the number one thing i think after that it would be like consistency and consistency of posting consistency of your messaging your artwork anyway okay that's five questions that's enough i am i was sick of listening to my voice before i even started this um, introduction so you can imagine after 20 minutes how I feel all right this is it I hope you enjoy it Nathan Wright here it is what's up Nathan not much. <laughs> thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Fucking love your work. <clears throat> so fucking great. I love it. I'm telling you. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think, um, God, 
that. I'm not sure where I saw it for the first time. But um, yeah, I'm curious. Steve Clef, I know, is who uh, suggested I have you on the podcast. <clears throat> and then I, and then he sent me a link, and I was like, oh, my God, this stuff's amazing. And I know I've seen it before. I just wasn't maybe, I don't know, putting the name to the image or something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I haven't I haven't been out there for too long. Oh, no? How long have you been showing? I, mean, I, I, I have. I've been around for a long time, but I haven't been doing this sort of stuff or, you know, like uh, showing my work and all of that. So uh, it's pretty easy to to skip over me. Uh, well, you know, like I said, we, we've met right years ago when I was living in L.A. through through Bay at like uh Corey Helford opening. Oh, yeah, yeah. I knew you looked familiar. A few openings. Uh, we'd just kind of hang out and chat. Yeah. So I was still just kind of like fucking around and learning how to paint and just kind of doing different stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it makes sense. <laughs> so how long did you live in L.A. for? Well, uh I lived there two different times. Oh. Uh, so I I started in the film industry in 2003, 2002. Oh wow. Uh and I was only there for a little while, a couple of years or something and then I went up to the Bay Area. Oh, shit. I and know then that. you know, did a bunch of stuff and then Moved back to Washington for a while and then got divorced and <laughs> uh, moved back to California and then was I was living downtown for like, you know, a year or so. Oh. And that's when we met. So, so just been... kind of all over the place. Yeah. And w- not too much time in L.A. Where, where, where are you at now? Uh, now I'm in Philly. Right. OK. So you're with that Philly con- contingent sort of yeah so that's how steve clef comes into play right uh, it's funny he had told me that he was chatting with you and recommended you have me on the show and i'm like oh, that's cool i didn't know chat knew who i was <laughs> <laughs> but you know, no your, stu- your stuff's amazing man it's that that's was kind of the weird it's you know every once in a while i'll i'll interview an artist for this show and it's like why isn't this person massively famous because the work is your work is so original and it's just so well done you know obviously you know you're not you're not faking it you know what i mean it's like you know what you're doing you can yeah. tell from the artwork you know what you're it's doing definitely uh unique i guess yeah and it's yeah and it's and it's it's like it fills to me it fills all the uh, ticks all the boxes for what really great dark art is all about to, for me. I mean, that's kind of, you know, everyone's got kind of a different criteria maybe, but for me, it's yeah. just like, it hits all the things. It's got the, you know, it's creepy. It's weird. It's fucked up. It's really well drawn or real well, technically well executed. Uh, it's got a sense of mystery to it. And, you know, I, I, I just, I just dig it, man. I just, I really dig it. Yeah. Well, thanks. I mean, I I try and do a lot of that stuff, but, you know. Well, it you comes across. Only, <laughs> you can only be so intentional with your art, though, you know. It's Definitely. Like, no matter what you do, something's going to come through that you 
have no control over. Yeah. So. <clears throat> and then you get to take credit for it at the end. You're like, yeah, I meant to do that. <laughs> totally planned out. That was all me. Uh, so what... Yeah, and I, I pretty much wing everything. Mm. You know, just I just started all from scratch, usually without much of a plan. And oh, cool. Kind of do it until it's done. And then there it is. But, yeah. You just keep messing with it until it looks finished kind of totally yeah i mean sometimes <laughs> sometimes i'll work on something for like over a year wow i'll not like full time but right. you know I'll, I'll set it aside and just don't know where to go with it. it has to just sit there for a long time and i stare at it mm -hmm. throughout time and you know like <laughs> absorb and yeah i just really get back to it and <clears throat> i just put I just posted on my Patreon, like I do these little pro tips whenever I think of think of them, and the, I posted one the other day about giving yourself time to just sit and look at your work, and sometimes it really, you have to put it across the room and just leave it there and sit and look at it once in a while and just stare at it and think about it and leave it alone, you know what I mean? Yeah, I might be a little extreme on that. But... <laughs> yeah, a year and a half. I didn't mean a year but, and a half, you know, but hey, whatever, whatever works, works yeah. right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, what? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, another thing I'm I'm pretty bad at promoting myself, uh, mm -hmm. and that's usually the case with people as talented as you that don't have as big of a name as they should. It usually comes down to marketing. And yeah, marketing. Even you know, Instagram. I I post and I have decent following on Instagram and it's, it's great mm. and it's helped, but, uh, like I suck at promoting myself. I suck at telling people I have anything for sale. And yeah. it's a skill <laughs> like any I've other. Never, I've never contacted a gallery. They've always <laughs> luckily just kind of approached me. So that's cool. That's cool. It's just, you know, it's taken a while and you know, well, you know what I would say, I would say if you like uh, made a made a uh, concerted effort to doing that, you you probably would. I imagine within six months you would probably double your sales. I cool. I, <laughs> <laughs> I I would I would say I would say that would that would probably be the case, but. Um, Anyway, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you is, what were you, what were you doing in the film industry? Uh, so I was doing CG. Okay. Uh, I started in the game industry. Okay. You you know uh, you ever play Mist or Riven? Yeah, <laughs> those are the yeah, those so are the... those are games from my era. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm I'm up there with you. Not, yeah, <laughs> I think you're a little older than me, but I'm I'm definitely up there. Okay. Uh, Cool. But yeah, that that company, that was the first company I worked for. They were they were in Spokane, Washington, where mm. I grew up. What and year was so, this that you started working for them? I started working there ninety-nine. Oh wow, okay. So that was basically my first job um, out of school. Mm. I I went to school for computer science for a little while and then dropped out because I got a job there and I wanted to be an artist. So right. <laughs> <laughs> like, what am, I don't want to be a programmer. What am I doing? <laughs> uh, 
And then uh, I went to Blur Studio after that mm-hmm. down in L.A. And then um, the Orphanage in San Francisco. Wow. After the... Those are like all the big places, right? Yeah, they're, they're all pretty right. Big, pretty the big. Orphanage is gone now. They they shut down. Oh, really? I left, yeah. Yeah, after after if we're, if Nathan's gone, we're closing down. Fuck it, <laughs> pretty much. Call it quits. Uh, no, I mean the, the the CG industry in California is pretty much gone to shit. Is it really because yeah. of outsourcing? Yeah, well, wow. not just outsourcing, but uh, the studios started chasing subsidies right. around the world, so. They moved to London. They moved to Vancouver. Everyone had to leave and pack up and go to Vancouver. There were a bunch opening in China and mm-hmm. just all over the world. And they just shift. And so you have to chase constantly. And, yeah, I got sick of all of it. I got I got burnout. I started having panic attacks at work. And wow. Worked overtime pretty much my entire career. And wow you know that's over it yeah just like me yeah pretty much (laughs) i think think we have a pretty similar path career path Mm -hmm. even though practical and i was doing cg it feels pretty similar wow and now i'm just broke as shit (laughs) (laughs) living in a living in a dump of a house in philly (laughs) with my girlfriend but pretty amazing can't complain yeah yeah uh, uh, i remember those days where of those days of suffering driving on the freeway and just going oh god i can't do this again yeah i can't do it um especially towards the end it was harder toward when i knew i was gonna leave then it Absolutely. got really hard it was like that's always the worst yeah because and it's like I, I had a taste of you know, sales and what it's like to sell work that you, that you love. And then it was, then it just became like, Oh my God, please, please get me out of this, you know, praying to what anything, get me out of this situation. But you know, God answered my prayers and I got laid off. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cause I, I didn't quit. I didn't really have the nerve to quit yet. Like I, I was not really probably financially, ready to just quit and do fine art full time. Yeah. But I got laid yeah, out. Yeah. I got laid off and it was like, okay, I'm going to, I could get another job or I can keep doing this thing and really bust my ass. And that's what I, that's what I did. So. Yeah. I mean, it's a little unemployment too, which is yeah. always this thing. I had that for a little while when I first officially got out and it was nice, but man, <laughs> Sure, it would be nice to be able to get unemployment again. I know. Well, that that was, <laughs> you know, that was... Seven years later. <laughs> that was the... Uh, that was what everybody in makeup effects did because, the, the you know, most people didn't have, you know, full-time jobs at one shop, you know. You know, oh, yeah. film projects are a few months at a time or less. Yeah, CG is the same way. They're, most places are not staffed. They'll have right. a few people staffed, but yeah, yeah. it's all gig to gig. And yeah, that, that too was yeah, too much to handle. But then you get laid off. You would get laid off and you'd immediately go, okay, I'm going to go collect un- unemployment insurance until I, until I get another shop job. And yeah. that would that would get you through those times, and it was just 
you know, over and over. Um, just just kind of like something everybody in the business, it was part of the, being in that business yeah. that I remember. Um, but crazy. yeah, it's, it's a crazy, crazy business. Um, so you're working on, you started in, how long did you work in like the digital industry? Uh, well, up until I was still freelancing a little up until like a year and a half ago or so, but oh, just wow. like just a little bit of freelance here and there for right. my old boss. I started working for a company in Portland called Refuge hmm. and they were doing mostly TV shows. Uh, they were doing like grim Mm, yeah, uh, and that was that was a very different experience because uh, I don't know the expectations were different, you know, because they're so fast and the budget right. is so low that they're just like grateful to get anything. <laughs> like, wow, this is amazing! Thank you so much. <laughs> so it was kind of fun working there. I I think I rarely worked overtime there. Mm. Uh, that's cool. And was mostly just doing ZBrush creatures. Uh, that was pretty fun, but you know, it's still just I just want to do my own weird shit. And right. <laughs> that was the other thing. I tried. I tried doing like concept art for a long time because right. like what I really want to do is creatures, <clears throat> and I really like designing creatures. Yeah. So I'll just work on my spare time and work on my like creature design portfolio and that was hard because i make weird stuff <laughs> and people don't want that i know they, they tell you they do they're like yeah we want something you've never oh, seen yeah, you're amazing design us this thing and then they're like yeah, this is weird this is too <laughs> weird i don't get it my housekeeper saw a picture she saw a, a copy of the your design laying on the kitchen counter and she said it was too weird so <laughs> that's the kind yeah. of shit right <laughs> we were just talking yeah. i was just talking to uh i think it was jeremy cross about this uh the other day on the last podcast i think it was but yeah it's 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 absurd some of the stuff you hear but you know like you go back and the stuff that i love the most and the movies that i love the most are the ones with the really crazy shit you know right that's, that's the best stuff and yeah but like a lot of the time in the old movies, you had like a person designing something and they make a monster and they're like, well, we got to use it now because <laughs> we made it. We spent this money to make this thing. Now we got to use it. Right. So stuff would kind of sneak through more. But yeah, you know, nowadays it's like overly manicured to the point of. Uh, staleness i guess i don't know yeah it's you know anything any any kind of the movies with the, the most money are the ones where they take the least amount of chances on with something like a, a crazy design or you know you gotta, you gotta have someone making the decisions that right. has a vision and you know regardless of what someone at the top wants that, that person is making the decisions because they because they know the guy at yeah. the top doesn't doesn't necessarily have any kind of art background, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how long was it then? So how 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 long that 
what what period of how many years was that do you, around that you were in the CG doing CG stuff as a well, day job since 99 so so uh, shit full time I was doing it what 3 years ago so like so, f- 16 years okay 17 okay yeah that is that is um similar to to me as well i tried getting out a couple times (laughs) (laughs) they pull you back in iron man was the first iron man film almost like killed me that was that was pretty rough Uh, oh really yeah Why, why why Uh, Just too much. Just too many responsibilities. Uh, It was, it was really stressful. Yeah, it was, it was a nightmare. What what Uh, was, what specifically, what was your job title? Like, what were you responsible for in that? Well, if you watch the credits, I actually have like two titles because I was supervising like two different departments. Oh my God. Basically supervising a third department but like sounds like a nightmare already (laughs) uh, and like helping design a new pipeline and shit oh Uh, god that's not artist work (laughs) it was terrible uh it was exciting but it was also the first marvel movie Mm. it was the first official marvel movie Mm -hmm. so everyone was under pressure and our studio was under pressure because you know, ILM gets most of the work, and we had gotten a big chunk. And it's like, oh, we gotta prove ourselves to Marvel so that we get future Marvel. Just oh. that's what they do every movie to every studio. You pit the studios against each other. Yep. So they're trying to like get in with them so that they get future work, but they don't care. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, they end up going with who's cheaper usually. You know? yeah. And then everyone under undercuts each other's prices. Totally. And then suddenly the whole industry is doing everything in less time and with less money because all the totally. shops were, were cutting. That's what happened in effects too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just the stress by the end of it. I like, I had a panic attack. I thought I was having a heart attack. I'm like, fuck, this is it. This I'm going to die. Yeah. They feel this like is how I die stressed out on iron man <laughs> working on the stupid fucking movie <laughs> luckily i didn't die uh, that's okay, good but yeah i tried to get out then and uh i moved back to washington and was freelancing from home and that was better mm-hmm. definitely but, yeah same thing it's i just have stuff in me that i need to do right know? So like I can only work for someone else and design their shit for so long before I'm like, yeah. I've I've always been a bit of a punk, you know. Mm-hmm. I was I was like a skate punk growing up and very DIY and yep. very much a, a lack of respect for authority figures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's that, what's that called? That's <laughs> <It's... laughs> shit. Yeah. Shit, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was inevitable, even if it would have gone well. It was right. inevitable. I, you know, I, uh, I was gonna. Oh, I, 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 that reminded me of. 
There was a period where I started a digital effects department at a shop I was working at. Really? Yeah, right towards the end when I was leaving. Because I I did that for a while, like in the late 90s, I started learning digital stuff and ended up doing some... I did digital for a while. I, I anim, like 3d animations and stuff. That's it. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I, and I started, I did a bunch of animations for tool for the live show projections uh-huh. and cool. tried to start a digital company on my own and that didn't quite work out, but I, I tried to set up or I did set up this small CG department at this shop I worked at and we got a digital job. We got doing digital effects and, I, I was the only one who really knew digital in the shop. I had I could I had a work a good good knowledge of <clears throat> um, After Effects and Lightwave Modeler and I, I was all like I was a Lightwave guy. That's what I was taught with. So I knew cool. Lightwave. I knew After Effects, and you know I didn't know anything about pipelines or anything. So yeah. we we get this this job in. And it was so stressful because I was basically doing everything that my hair started falling out. It was like my my hair started falling out. I was so stressed out and I couldn't get any. I mean, I eventually got a couple, a friend of mine um, knew some after effects. So he was able to come in and help a little bit, had a, had a couple people helping, but it was, yeah, it was, it was a nightmare. Such a, there's so many, all the little assets you make. Totally. Hell, yeah, I mean, so so I feel your pain there. I'm sure that's I'm for- the benefit of having a larger studio is you just have departments. You right. know, you have the ingestion department that just sucks in all the film and processes it, and like no one else has to think about that right. stuff. Just it's on the server and it's all alphabetized. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't I don't know if I could even do it on my own now. Just having worked in the studio pipeline for so long. Right. But I, I do, I'm finally getting to the point where I kind of want to get back into it and, and poke around with it just for fun. You mm-hmm. know? Right. But just, just really stupid stuff. Not like, I don't actually want to do effects for anybody. Right. But I don't know, making some weird, just fucked up CG. Yeah. You know, I, I also want to do hand-drawn animation. I've been really wanting to start doing more hand-drawn animation. And just yeah. Well, your stuff, I, your stuff would be amazing. Your characters, as like CG characters, would be really cool. And yeah, I want to, I want to try 3D printing too. Right. My buddy, you know, Bay, he's got a 3D printer. He keeps telling oh, me. Oh wow. Dude, send me some shit and I'll print it out for you and send it to you. I'm like, I don't know. That sounds. I'm a sculptor too. So oh, really? Like, yeah, but you know, sculpting. You, I like clay. Yeah, it's like clay. So it's like you got to make a mold afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Like I've never actually done that. I just like sculpting. So right. One of these days, I want to try it and. But, you know. I know. There's only so much you can do. Yeah, there's deadlines all the time. So. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Keep paying. So, uh, okay. So, I'm trying to I'm trying to get a... Where did you grow up? I'm trying to get a timeline of your life in my mind here. Where, where did you start out? All right. So, 
I started in the Bay Area in oh, okay. Antioch. Mm. Didn't used to be considered part of the Bay Area, but <laughs> right. apparently now it is East Bay. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, I grew up in Antioch till I was 10 and then uh, moved to Spokane, Washington, and then just hung out there, like I said, until until I moved down to L.A. for Blair Studios. Mm. So. And then San Francisco, back to Spokane, back to San Francisco, back <laughs> to L.A., back, uh, moved to Portland, lived there for like five or six years. Uh, me, and, me and Bay, we met uh, Bayard Baudouin, just so everyone knows. Yes, he's amazing. But, Amazing artist. Uh, I gotta have him on. After I went back to the Bay Area the second time, we we were both working at Digital Domain. Oh wow! Uh, and that that's a whole another story. Holy that's shit. that was when I was when I was into CG. That was that was the dream for me. I was like, oh, maybe I can work at Digital Domain someday. <laughs> yeah, totally. And <laughs> so so they opened up this studio in San Francisco, mm. and. It was going to be their creature-only department. So oh, like, wow. They had all these fucking badasses just to do creature work. So, like, pretty much any creature work was going to get filtered through there. And, you know, Carlos. Yeah, uh, Carlos Wante. Wante mm-hmm. He was there. So oh, he wow. Was, he was the art director, and like, he was my fucking hero. Yeah, he's so amazing. Like, Holy shit. Carlos is there. This would be amazing. So, and this was right after I got divorced. So I moved down there, and that job was simultaneously like the best job ever and the worst job because <laughs> the people there were so amazing, and I met so many amazing people. It was so inspiring, mm. and our hands were just tied. It was like the most horrible politics of any company i've ever worked for oh no really and uh it just dissolved into a nightmare me and bay both decided then and there that we were going to get out of the cg industry altogether wow. and we both <laughs> pretty much the same time you know like a month apart or so wow can you give and, me can you give an example like an example of the horrible uh, politics well, basically, because they were started as the creature shop, all the other, they had a studio in Vancouver and they had the studio, the main studio in LA, people who'd been there for decades, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and everyone was pissed. Literally, yeah. everyone else was pissed because all they wanted to do was the creatures. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was just like a lot of secret backhanded, you know, undermining each other. Oh and no, really? It was just horrible. And like, I don't Sounds know, I terrible. just felt like no one was allowed to actually make any progress. It was over scrutinized. Like Carlos, they had literally one of the best creature designers in the entire industry working for them. And story of his life they wouldn't use any of his stuff right other people would jump in and redesign things 
uh, it was just it was a nightmare yeah uh, <laughs> it sounds terrible yeah i think i think everyone involved was was affected by that pretty bad yeah i don't know it's, it's, it it sounds like you know it just sounds like typical movie stuff to me also one of the one of the worst parts is the reason they formed it was for mountains of madness oh no way so del toro was officially doing mountains of madness and had like picked them as the studio so they were building this whole thing around this pipeline oh for my god i worked on these crazy creatures for at the mountains of madness i worked and on the some on the spectral motion was doing maquettes and stuff for him oh, to shit. pitch it so i worked we worked on a bunch of cool stuff bunch of Man. designs and stuff yeah anyway i'm sorry yeah so that just that like fell through and you know that was kind of the first nail in the coffin and i don't know just downhill after that but yeah that was a bummer because man that would have been a cool movie oh i know i know did you read the script no i did it was fucking awesome man I know it was going to be rated R, and I know it was going to be crazy. Oh, it was going to be so crazy. Sounds like the studio got involved, and they started, you know, putting their dick in everything like they do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I heard it was because the they want there was no romantic interest, and, oh my <laughs> and they wanted it to be like PG-13 or something. Yeah. Those were the two uh, things I heard. I heard they wanted Tom Cruise as the as yeah. The <laughs> he came in. He came into the to, to the shop one day on a weekend. Oh, yeah, he was. I, I always tell the story because everyone thinks thinks of him as insane, but he was the coolest dude. Yeah. He was so cool and so down to earth and humble. I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Where's the cool. Where's the jumping on the couch guy on Oprah?" You know, he's like the crazy Scientologist. He was like super. God, it's like very personable and really nice it was weird yeah i mean nothing nothing against tom cruise you know but it doesn't really seem like <laughs> that particularly good of a fit i don't know it seems like an odd choice well i'm sure it was as, as a, a business decision you know yeah. it's like the the uh, studio is going to put that kind of money in, in a horror film you got to have a yeah. big box an office R-rated draw. Horror film. yeah an r-rated horror film with crazy effects I bet you it'll get done someday, though. Now that he, yeah. Guillermo's got the Oscar and everything, maybe. Yeah. Hopefully, I bet you it will. I just, I don't know. I have a feeling someday it's going to come back around. I bet you he'll do it someday. I hope so. I know. I just wonder if it was, you know, like if it would be the same. Because he, he's it's it's been a while. He's gone through some changes since then, you know. Yeah, you never know. I mean, he he really is an artist, so you know, artists change and grow, and you know. Yeah, totally. So I don't know. He's kind of the like the. He's the the. I don't know. He's. I think he's responsible for this re um, invigoration of practical creature effects and stuff in movies yeah you know yeah i, I could see that I think he's, he's done some pretty amazing shit for sure mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> also, as far as uh, uh, combining the two, yeah, digital and, and physical, which is you know the best. It's it's the best. It's totally the best of both worlds. The original Jurassic Park, right? You know, it's, it's still the best one. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, no contest. Yeah, I was. Uh, I remember. Yeah, you know what's funny is is it's so like okay. I remember when Jurassic Park came out. And every makeup effects person was like, oh, shit, it's over. You know, it's like everyone saw the writing on the wall, right? Then our, our industry just kind of went, you know, started slowly going down Dig- because of digital. Digital took over. Yeah. And then the digital industry started going down because, like you're saying, from outsour- outsourcing and, and uh, going to other countries and all that stuff. And it's like it's just, it's just the way things go. You know, yeah. things go in cycles. You can't get mad at it. Technology is not. So whatever is the new thing, audiences are totally blown away by whatever is the right. new thing. And they just can't see past that. And they're like, oh, I've never seen anything like this. It's <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter that it actually sucks. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I remember I was there in the, in the mid-90s when CG started popping up. Oh yeah, nineties, and it's like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah, look at it now, and it's like garbage. Oh, I know. I what did I? I saw a clip of oh, is the Spawn Spawn movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Woo! I can't believe. I remember thinking that looked amazing though yeah. at the time. Or like a uh, lawnmower man. You remember that? Yeah, shit? I don't remember. That like blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> now it's like, I don't even know. Or even it's like PlayStation 1 level graphics. You do know? you remember those Mind's Eye videos that were just like, oh, yeah, totally. And, and those, again, are a perfect example. It was like, this is so weird. Oh my God, it's so amazing. Yeah. And, it's, and it's just like, you know, a screensaver now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah, I've been thinking, I've, I've been wanting to rewatch those actually for that very reason. Like, cause I did think they were so amazing and mm-hmm. I wonder there's gotta be some interesting stuff in there. Yeah, there has to be, you know, cause that was, that was in the early days when people were still experimenting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like people experimenting with synthesizers in the sixties, mm-hmm. you know, seventies, they didn't know what they're doing. Right. <sighs> Whittle some knobs and make some weird music. That's that's kind of the approach I took when I got into digital. Because I got I got into digital because the shop I was working at, Alterian Studios, they started a digital company, and this was mid ninety six, something like that. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> they had a uh, this this guy Elliot Elliot War Elliot Warman, I think his name was. He's another. He's like a punk rocker guy. He's super cool little punk rock guy total like hacker punk rocker kind of persona super nice guy nose ring um but he set he set up their department and um he was trying to get jobs in and he kind of taught me how to use lightwave because he was a lightwave guy from like babylon 5 i think he was working on maybe yeah (laughs) again another it's like the early days yeah another another example of the the old cg that looked amazing the last starfighter 
That was another one, right? Where there was like, they had those yeah. spaceships that I remember at the time. I was like, that looks so round and looks like metal. And you look at it yeah. now, it's like, oh, shit. I have that on VHS. I need to, I've been meaning to watch that again. Cause, like, I haven't seen that since it came out. That was like one of the first movies to use, I think, all computerized spaceships, I think. Wasn't it? Unless I'm... Yeah, I don't know. I, I remember... I, Anyway, beside beside the point, I was uh, what I, I was. Uh, what was I saying now? Oh, I, so I started learning Lightwave. Yeah, and I I was so I I kind of it all, it all kind of clicked like oh I could make my own movies and not have to have a, a a bunch of people to help me. That's what was like got me really excited about uh, CG. So then I started doing kind of these uh, just experimental looping animations. And um, Adam, my friend Adam from Tool, saw one, and he's like, oh, can we use that for the Tool show? And then I ended up doing some for them. But what was so cool that the, the approach I took was um, – I'm bringing this up because you're talking about people, you know, synthesizers in the 70s just turning knobs. That's kind of what I was doing. Like I had a basic knowledge of animation and, and using the modeler and <clears throat> texturing and stuff like that. And then I started like – doing things you weren't supposed to do, like running a huge displacement map, like a fractal displacement map through through a body, like a body yeah. that's kind of moving, and it just kind of goes, and blows up and gets all distorted. And, you know, nobody was really doing that stuff back then. Yeah. It was like, you oh, do, right. you know, you put like a, a, a fractal wave pattern through a, a, a yeah, figure. Procedural. Yeah, procedural textures, but as displacement maps and, and use it, just, you know, layering procedural textures and, I mean, it would, and it was kind of amazing what you could do with that by messing with things. Yeah. And so I, what I would do is I would, you know, do a simple animation of some guy floating in space and then kind of he'd blow up or some, his eyes would be glowing or whatever. And then I would composite, I kind of like compile it into in After Effects and then made it put like atmosphere and make it kind of fuzzy a little bit, like put a... <clears throat> transparent version you know layer on top and fuzz it out so it looked like it wasn't just cg and hard lined and and i mean they're pretty cool still some of those animations are like they're kind of cool just because it was all fucked up stuff like that <laughs> you know it's funny i have you have you noticed the trend now on like instagram of people doing this sort of stuff yeah kinda, i know bad cg it's like right <laughs> making this comeback you know like people are amping up the the errors and right you know they'll like take mocap and put it on a character i know and, and it's all flopping over and turn <laughs> inside out i know shit. i know it's like I, I see those now and i'm like i was doing that in the fucking 90s yeah. damn it nobody knows <laughs> people are fucking eating it up too i know it's, i know it's kind of hilarious but you know, it's cool. I mean, but it does look cool. I mean, it's kind of cool because now they, they can, you know, render things with, uh, you know, subsurface scattering and yeah. translucency. Yeah, you can make it look realistic really easily. Right. Now. So it's like you just kind of throw some shaders on there, <laughs> throw a lighter light in there. And it's like it's it's pretty easy to do that. But also CG's gotten so polished. So I think it's like right. it's new. To, to younger people, they're like, "Wow, I've never seen anything like this." Right, that's true. Yeah, I wonder if if 
younger people now saw the mind's eye videos if they would <laughs> like love it out. yeah like, wow dude this <laughs> is amazing <laughs> <laughs> could be you never know you never know okay so let, let's let's get on with um i want to oh, know yeah. how you ended up becoming a fine artist like why you know were you an artist since you were a kid was was that yeah. your thing you were the art kid and you know yeah okay yeah i started really early like five years old or so right so i've just been drawing my whole life uh, yeah and i figured you know mostly much. monsters and dragons and shit like that yeah so um, so so how did you um went once once you why fine art why did you try and get why did you leave the the big you know i know why you left because it was horrible and painful but <laughs> why did you go okay i'm going to try fine art or or what did you do to try and get that going or how did that whole journey happen well basically? i mean it's it's all been in there the whole time you know like, okay i've just i've just always liked making art and it was always a matter of trying to figure out okay but what am i going to do for a job you know right so like in the in the 90s in high school i thought i wanted to do comics so i learned anatomy uh, really just studied the shit out of anatomy and tried drawing from imagination and you know working out how to how to do comics and then of course comics died a miserable death right about that exact time mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then CG came along. Video games were getting bigger and ever. And I was like, this is exciting. I like all this stuff, too. Right. So I, I'm totally self-taught, too. So, mm, cool. Uh, I learned all the CG I learned. I learned on my own. I just taught myself. Yep. <clears throat> and, yeah, just got excited, started doing that. But in the meantime... I was still always drawing. I was still always just doing my own stuff on the side. And I was still going to like figure drawing and stuff. Oh, okay. And this is something that that I started noticing and it it got more and more noticeable. The longer I was in CG is like I I fell victim to this and I saw other people doing it, but I, I got a job and I'm like working on cool movies and there's this opinion, like you tell yourself that you made it, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I made it all this hard work that I did my whole life. It's finally paid off and I have a career and I'm an artist now. Right. And the next thing you know, you realize you haven't been drawing, you haven't been doing your own shit, yeah. and it's it's been like years. Mm-hmm. You look around, and there's all these artists, and this is the worst part. It's like all these amazing artists that I work with, like literally the best artists exactly. I've ever met right. in my life, and they're not doing anything. Exactly. And <laughs> this is the realization yeah, I had. Like, it gets to the point where they can't even draw anymore. Right. It's like been so long that like they have a hard time. They try and draw and they can't. And it's like, you know, it's almost like a person with Alzheimer's or something. Right. Or, 
I don't know what's going on and, you know, like panic and kind of give up. So I was kind of always the person that would still carry a sketchbook and always be drawing at my desk, even though I was working and I would try and rile people up and be like, let's, let's go draw at lunch. Let's start a figure drawing group. Let's just go draw on our sketchbooks, anything. And that was fun, but you know, it just, it was sad. I I would do figure sculpting. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Mm. Uh, And, you know, again, there were some fucking amazing artists in the Bay area, people at Pixar and at ILM sculpting group. They would do figure sculpting. I was lucky enough to get in with them. Oh my God. So amazing. Such amazing artists. Uh, but yeah, it was it was always there. I just needed to do this stuff. And then when I finally stopped, when I quit, I was in a weird position where I didn't I didn't know what to do with myself because um, you know I'd been I'd been working for other people for so long and doing what they wanted and yeah. doing what the industry wanted and what movies wanted the trends you know like even trying to become a creature designer it's like you you have to become a creature designer that the industry is going to want to employ yes right not not like what kind of monsters do i right yeah you always have to make the brows angry exactly (laughs) always angry they're always pissed yeah they're always pissed and angry it's like they're always fucking ripped (laughs) and they move like this yeah, how come how come every monster is ripped yeah. <laughs> and angry? It's like yeah. that's not scary. Cre- that's cr- angry monsters aren't scary. That's not creepy. It's not scary. It's yeah. like anger. It's a- I never understood that. It always kind of bothered me. They're always just chasing you, ah. and trying to eat you. The scary but they don't even eat you. Yeah, yeah. they just feel like bite your head off and throw you <laughs> and then run and kill the next thing i, so I always thought like realistic. i always There's thought literally not a single creature on this right that just <laughs> kills things for the hell of it right and then moves on to the next thing to kill. <laughs> doesn't exist i always thought like i always thought like blank faces like a blank face is so much scarier than like an angry face it, like a blank face yeah in a situation where it should be some, you know, just something that's not right is what makes things look creepy yeah, and weird. Exactly. And, uh, you know, it's, but any, anyway, we digress. Um, yeah, <laughs> really to me, like those subtle differences, mm-hmm. you know, like if you have a human that's totally human, totally realistic, but you know, what if like just one arm is so big that it's dragging on the floor? Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's disturbing. Right. You're going to look at that and be like, oh, my God. If you saw that in real life, you would be repulsed. Right, right. You wouldn't know what to think. Yep. Um, Absolutely. That was always my philosophy. But uh, so, yeah, so so when I quit for reals and decided I was going to just do my own stuff, uh, and I was so sick of computers, I was like, okay, I'm not going to do any digital i'm gonna only draw and paint and teach myself oil painting mm. and so to take the the guesswork out of it and 
I guess kind of like let my brain go on vacation and just heal after that right. much. Uh, I I only worked from life. So I was mm. like, I'm just going to carry my sketchbook everywhere I go and draw everything around me. That's the way and to do it, man. Just paint still lifes and paint portraits. That's the way to go. I didn't work from photos. It was just like purely from life. Mm-hmm. And I did that for a few years at least. Wow. Four years. Um, I'm assuming you were freelancing to make money during that time or. Yeah, I was, I was starting freelancing and then I, like I said, I got that job at, at refuge, Mm. which was pretty chill and the hours were normal. So I was still able to keep going, but I took, I took like two years off. Mm. I had some unemployment for a while and I had savings as well. So I, I pretty much burn through all my savings. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of like going to school and funding going to school, except I was just kind of being a slacker and painting and, you know. You were teaching yourself, though. Yeah, so I didn't really know what I was going to do. I just knew that I wanted to do art. Mm-hmm. And then slowly my weird stuff just started kind of seeping in a little bit and more and more. And then I got to the point where I was, I was ready for it. And I'm like, all right, I just, I want to make weird shit. I want to make monsters and yeah, lumpy stuff. Now. <laughs> Bring on the so lumps. So that's kind of where I am now. Right. But, you know, kind of, it all shifts. Uh, I'm painting again, so I went to graphite only for a little while yeah. there, and then now I'm trying to get back to oil painting, but now I'm working almost exclusively like from my imagination, so that's completely different. Yeah, so, right. <clears throat> no reference. <laughs> yeah, painting from life is completely different, because it's all wet on wet, it's all like right there in front of you i just mix up color and put the color where it needs to go Mm -hmm. Uh, so now i'm like basically relearning how to paint Hmm. and subject matter is evolving and i'm kind of getting to the point now where the reverse i want to start working realism back into it and start working from reference and Mm -hmm you know, adding, adding people back into it and stuff. So I don't really know what's going to happen. It's, uh, it's just always going to keep evolving. Yeah, exactly. You just got to follow, follow the, the impulse and just keep yeah. just seeing where it leads. You know, that's the fun. That's the cool thing about dedicating yourself to your own personal artistic vision is that you, you're following this thing. You don't know where it's going to end up. That's the coolest thing it's so exciting yeah. you know it's like who knows where i'm going to be in 10 years the kind of shit i'm going to be painting it can be stressful but yeah <laughs> it's also exciting yeah and you know like i'm i'm definitely one to not uh what what am i trying to say i don't know <laughs> you're one to not I have to keep exploring you know right yeah it has to just do what it has to do I can't just kind of pick something and stick with it because mm. 
because I've decided on it. You know, it's I don't know what's going to happen. I'm like pretty much not in control at all. So wow. <laughs> I kind of guide a little bit. I can steer it vaguely and see what happens. But. Right. That you know that that's in a way. Uh, you know, you're talking about how you're you're not great at marketing and getting your name out there, and in a way that that allows you more of that freedom because you don't have you know if because I've got like I'm established with the, how what I do, yeah, and, and I'm just thankful that I love what I'm doing. Like this is to me, it's like I feel like I could at this point I feel like I could be totally happy painting <clears throat> basically the kind of stuff I'm doing now, like. Yeah, I, I I I love it. I can't. I never can get bored of it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, people expect that of me, and that's what they're buying. Yeah. And and it's like, so if if you get locked into something that's where you're able to, you know, make money at it, you better like where you're locked in at because that's you true. know when you start changing things up, you might those people might not dig it. But um, so in a, in a sense, that serves serves you creatively to not be locked in in that way maybe yeah maybe I mean, it's, it's all a big confusing mess you know? <laughs> that's, that's probably the best way to describe it <laughs> like if i was doing something that i was really enjoying then maybe i would chill out and i probably will at some point yeah you know, i can yeah. kind of i can kind of see something like that coming right but i feel like maybe because i'm still pretty early on that I'm just, I'm excited and right. I want it to do its own thing. So right. I'm kind of taking a hands-off approach to it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's also exhausting at times. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, that restlessness. I, I mean, like I got, it took me five years before I kind of stumbled on what I'm doing now. I was like yeah. floundering for five years, just trying different styles, different mediums, and interesting. And then I found, came upon the the portrait style, monster heads. It's like I, I enjoyed it, and then it, and it and it they took off, sold well. So I just kind of kept going in that direction, yeah, because I was enjoying it. It was as enjoyable as all the other stuff I was trying to do at the time. So it's like okay, I'll just go in that direction because it's selling, and then I would just you know, let that kind of develop. And, and that, that went through a bunch of different phases and stuff, but I'm just looking at these black, these graphite painting uh, drawings over your shoulder. Like <clears throat> if those, if you started drawing when you were doing your graphite period and you just instantly were selling every single one of them, boom, you couldn't keep them in the store. You'd kind of feel obligated. Oh, I really want to paint, but this is paying the, the, the rent this month of these drawings. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that is, Definitely one of my benefits is uh, <laughs> I'm not making shit for money, basically. Yeah, right. <laughs> so but so I, that, that definitely fuels experimentation. Yeah, it, it, it's uh -huh. it's it's sort of like uh, yeah, enjoy the freedom while you have it because especially I personally I just um, somebody as good as you it's gonna it's gonna hit with people eventually and you're gonna get you're gonna get a thing to where people you're known for i think because you know i i've i feel like maybe you're you just haven't you just haven't promoted yourself enough because the work is yeah. is outstanding really it's like it's so good so um 
you know, enjoy it while it's there. Cause <laughs> yeah, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> but, uh, my, my girlfriend is, uh, we're, we're in a similar boat. We've both been doing this full time living off of our art. Oh, cool. Uh, and living off of basically Instagram for the past, what, four years now. Wow. Um, that's great. And so it's like, it, it, it's interesting having someone else around and we spend 24 hours a day together and like having the same thing, living in the same way. Yeah. It, it can be stressful, but uh, it's encouraging at the same time. But yeah, seeing her struggles, she has kind of a similar thing where people expect stuff from her and she still is new and trying to like explore and push things mm-hmm. and but you know at the same time likes what she's doing or visiting her stuff from the past and like you know getting back into veins of the past and... what's what's kind of stuff does she do uh that's <laughs> hard to describe uh What's her name? She's, I'll look her up on Instagram. Uh, her name's Bronwyn Lorelei. Whoa, how do you spell that? <laughs> B-R-O-N-W-Y-N. Okay, L-O-R. I see. Uh, so she's she's a little more on the illustrator. Oh, cool. Illustrative vein. I like uh, it. Wow. <laughs> very bizarre. Very bizarre. I like it. It's really yeah. fucked up. You guys are like the perfect couple. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's there's actually a lot more similarities than than it might appear at first. And I kind oh, of feel I like see, the, I see them right away. It's like the level of fucked upness is the similar same. themes. Exactly. It's like you guys are on the same. Uh, you guys are like doing it. A different interpretation of the same reality almost kind of yeah yeah uh it's so it's it's fun it's exciting i think it would be fun to like redraw each other's stuff totally man we'll see we've thought about that we've done a couple little collabs too where she'll draw something and i'll shade like render the shit out of it but uh so it's it's fun. It's an interesting journey, and she's also trying to get into painting more and uh, wanting to explore more, get a little more experimental. And that's kind of what I'm doing too, trying to get more color into my work. Um, and I'm not too familiar with color, you know. Really? Yeah. It's... I I because I because I, I saw your your stuff and I was like, oh, he exclusively works in graphite like when i first was checking you out and then i saw some paintings and the paintings are amazing like really Mm -hmm. good like you did some portrait kind of stuff straight portrait work those were from that last period fucking great great excellent excellent painting so it didn't um, and and but you know now that you mention it the colors were weird but they weren't uh they weren't like not right they're just unusual color choices, which I liked actually. Yeah, I mean, I like I like awkward. I like kind of <laughs> really. I would never know. <laughs> uncomfortable, you know. Hmm. So <laughs> shocking. <laughs> people that I was painting, maybe 
I didn't do very flattering portraits, that's for sure. Right. And I kind of wanted to push them even further. I wanted them to be very, like, up close and kind of gnarly. And I would like to revisit that, actually, and, like, push it to where I really wanted to push it. Right. Um, but, like, yeah, this is this one I did recently. Let's see. Oh, man. Yeah, pull it, pull it back a little bit. Can I get, can I get a screen? Can I get a, do a screen grab of that? Yeah. For Patreon, with your little yeah. eye, your little eye peeking up behind, it's kind of perfect. <laughs> the, value, the, the lighting's pretty bad. I don't know if you can see it. No, it's well. great. Yeah, no, that's. I was going to ask you. You know, that's an oil painting. Yeah, it's amazing. I it's, love it. It's a little guy. Yeah, I, I um, I was because I was looking on your Instagram here, and it's like some of these are so, some of these. I guess they're all oil paintings, like this dude. Yeah, yeah. So that's an oil painting. Crazy. Uh, that was for Cadabra. Uh, that's eleven by fourteen. Uh, so I'm trying, trying yeah. to go bigger, and I'm working on one for Conjoined. Mm-hmm. Uh, Excellent. A bigger one. Oh, cool. So trying something a little out of my comfort range, and. Cool. Yeah, these are great. See how it turns out. It's gonna be nice and gooey and excellent. Gutsy. It's good to do larger a larger piece for conjoined because there's so much stuff usually in there. It's kind of hard to stand out, so a little bit bigger is better. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. Just got the email about the show, so yeah, we're so late and all that. Oh my god, we're so behind on it. But yeah, I'm glad you're glad you're in. We talked it's about good, it because I'm though. behind. So good. <laughs> it's not till the end of it's end of February now, or like third yeah. third week of February. So a little bit of time. I haven't. I don't have anything yet. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Slacker. Slacker. Always pushing it to the last minute. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Uh. So you're. How how did you teach yourself to oil paint? Like, did, did you? Is it was it trial and error youtube videos yeah. books Man, it, was, it was hard Holy <laughs> crap. oil painting is hard it is it's hard <laughs> it's really hard uh like i said i was i was just doing like still lifes at first okay. i don't even know how to set up a still life so it was like i don't know how to light it you know <laughs> that was half of the trouble right right uh, so i didn't know anything and it was like the stupidest stuff was really what was stumbling me. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that word? That's not a word. <laughs> uh, people know what you like, meant. <laughs> like I didn't know how to mix colors. Right. I didn't know how to like, how much paint should I put on the palette? You know, how yeah. do I use a palette knife? I don't know how to use a palette knife. Yep. So I just, it was totally trial and error. Uh, 100%. I would just... Every night after work, I would put some paint down and I would try and mix up colors and try different approaches. And eventually just got to the point where I was doing uh, direct painting, I guess mm-hmm. you call it. Uh, all a prima. All a yeah. I like wet on wet. So I would just mix up a color as close as I could and load mm-hmm. the brush up and put a dab of paint down. And there we go. That one you showed me isn't wet on wet though. There's no, yeah, so it's like that glazing cool. and stuff. Okay. So now, 
now that I'm doing it without reference, I can't just mix up a color. I can't just look and be like, right. I need this. <laughs> uh, the way I work with graphite, that took a change too, you know, like working from life with graphite is one thing, but mm -hmm. working from imagination with graphite is different. But I've been using pencils since I was five years old. So I'm very comfortable. Yeah, with right. Graphite. I know how to get it to do what I want. So the way I work with graphite is very vague and hazy. Mm -hmm. So I'll just kind of start with broad shapes and kind of lock in some values and smudge. I smudge everything and then I'll erase. And so I push and pull a lot and things can change pretty dramatically as I start to see the shape and see what I'm making, then I'll refine it and carve into it. Very sculptural, mm -hmm. you know? So that does not work with the way that I was painting. Right. So I've been trying to teach myself or figure out a new method. So now I'm kind of, I'm working in black and white. So I do the whole thing similar to graphite where right. push and pull and it's easy with two colors because you just make a spot darker you make yep. a spot lighter and then i get it as close as i can and render it and then after that then i start adding the color yeah grisaille it's the grisaille technique yeah apparently <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like the old it's an old master's technique of uh, you know, yeah, you, you paint yeah, it to completion like with masters. Yeah, with black and white uh, and gray. And I love painting. I've been painting like that lately a lot. I so I'd heard about that before, but I was, you know, I was always like, I don't care about that because that doesn't work with direct painting. That doesn't work. Right. With so who cares? Yeah, right. <laughs> so I had my colors picked out. And now that I'm doing this, now I'm like, I'm looking at colors and I'm like, okay, this one's transparent. Right. This is color. This is what I want. Yep. Uh, this one's opaque. I can use this for highlights, for, you know, exactly. overriding colors, like certain things like that. And I'm just, just starting to figure all of that out. And I have a new palette. I have new colors that I'm working with and uh, like working with, with alkyd mediums mm -hmm. for, for quick drawing, I'd never done any of that before, so wow. now I'm experimenting with that a little bit, and it's still pretty early. So hmm. I've only done a handful. Well, of paintings, really, they're amazing. Oh, you're you're off to an amazing start. Well, <clears throat> what I lo what I love about that technique and why I keep going back to it uh, because I've you know I I I. I was like you, a self-taught completely. I watched my dad. He was a painter, so I kind of watched how he did. Uh, he did, he would do burnt umber underpaintings, yeah. and, then, and then he would paint. But it was more of just watching him. And then I, I same with you. I was teaching myself, messing around. I didn't know shit about. I didn't know. I didn't know some color mixing because of um, makeup effects. So I had to learn. Yeah, yeah complimentary colors to, to gray down your colors and, you know, yeah, basic color wheel stuff. and all that mm -hmm. stuff. So, yeah. So I, uh, um, 
I eventually got this friend of mine recommended this book called How to Paint Like the Old Masters. Do you have that book? Yeah. No. Oh, you got to get it. It's great. Yeah. It's it was the yeah. It's by what's his name? Mm-hmm. How if you look if you look up How to Paint Like the Old Masters, it'll also I could send you a link too. It's so great because it just basically takes uh, you know, a bunch of different old master style, and the guy basically does a step by step. And one of those was a, a grisaille technique. He does it all in grisaille, which is the black and white, and then glazing color, and then working yeah. op- opaques back into the glazed colors. And that was like, whoa, amazing. So I, I learned a lot from that book. Uh, but then I was like not very good at direct painting. So I started going in that direction for a while just so I could learn it and stay looser. But mm-hmm. the one technique I always go back to is that grisaille where it's because I feel like I like to be able to think of the painting without color, without having to th- yeah. just I just want to focus on the value. Yeah, the form. Yeah, and, and the form. Yeah, I, I mean, I love that. I like the control it gives. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's kind of I, – I, I think that's probably my preferred method of painting is grisaille to where I'm like – because I love painting, doing like almost a finished painting in uh, black and white. Um, it's just feels – it's easy kind of, you know, because it's like yeah. – it's it is like drawing. Yeah. But, but it's all about form. You're, right. you're focusing almost solely on form yep. and then some lighting. Uh, it's, it's another thing that's really, it's been hitting me lately. It's, I kind of feel like like all of my experience with CG is kind of coming out in this. Now. Right. It's like I'm thinking about things like subsurface scattering. Specular highlights. Specular highlights <laughs> and like. Uh, Holy ambient man. occlusion, yep, like reflected all light and all that. So I'm, I'm really kind of like, I'm building a rendering engine mm-hmm. slowly. It's taking years, <laughs> but I'm slowly like adding a new feature to right. my rendering engine. Like, okay, now I can do reflections. You know, so now I'm going to focus on reflections. Right. I, I've simplified everything. I simplify my lighting down to like one light source mm-hmm. to make it easy so I can just focus on a single shadow and a single highlight. And then now I'm kind of getting into like translucency mm-hmm. and uh, just different surface properties, different shader properties. Basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and it's it's been helping me to think of it that way. Yeah. Cause I used to nerd out on that stuff so much. Same here. Yeah. I, and so it's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to slowly add one more feature to my arsenal of tools mm-hmm. and see what happens. So, so each painting I'm trying to like, just add a, a tiny bit more. I don't know. Realism is a bad word. Cause I'm not going for realism, but right. like features. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's fun. I don't know. I'm I'm having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I remember. I remember when I when I started CG. I mean, I didn't know what specularity was. Like, I didn't. I never thought of what a specular highlight yeah. was. And so, to me, this was all new terminology. Um, you know, like, God, what are the? Uh, God, now I'm totally blanking out. But it's like each each texture would have. Uh, well, there's diffuse. 
Right, right, right. It uses the color map. Right, and, right. Um, yeah, reflection, refraction. Yeah, all that. Transparency. All that shit was like, I never <clears throat> thought about it in an artistic context. So by the time I, I got out of all of that stuff, I had I, I I knew it from CG. Like I learned a lot of my painting techniques from from lighting and and um, texturing stuff in computer program in Lightweight, yeah. basically. You know, it was huge, yeah. huge help. Things like bounce lighting. Yeah. You know, if I think of it as doing CG, it's easier to light stuff. Right. You know? Yeah. I think about actually putting the light here and shining it. Mm -hmm. Like no what it's going to do in the computer. Yeah. <laughs> so if I think of it that way, it actually helps me. So ultimately, <clears throat> my goal is to continue developing this, this like platform for myself to, to the point where I can make whatever I want. You mm -hmm. know? And so that, I feel like I'm building up to something and then eventually I'll be able to paint and I can go, and make like a real painting. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel. These know? are yeah, but these paintings. Someday, ten years down the road, nah. I'll finally be able to like make whatever I want. Right, right. <laughs> I I feel you there. I feel you there. But I mean, the stuff you're doing is, you know, it's amazing. It's already like already amazing. That's kind of just art, though, right? You're yeah. just always struggling and. Yeah, there's always something. There's you know? always something you haven't done, you know. I haven't done like a big, elaborate, epic painting. I haven't painted. I don't know. I'm I'm rusty with likenesses. It's hard. I, I still have a hard time doing portraits. You know, that's something that I feel like I kind of need to keep practicing on. And yeah, likenesses are hard. Ah, uh, it's the hardest, man. One little thing is off, and the whole likeness yeah. is off. One little tiny like square. <laughs> quarter of an inch if it's not right on the face or like on the eye or something you're screwed <laughs> yeah i got i was obsessed with likenesses for a while and i was just determined i'm like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna only focus on trying to nail a likeness now and i just mm -hmm. did that for like God, probably a couple of years right that's what it trying. takes man and it's, it does it's like it's hard i mean some people that's all they do you know, yeah. like portrait painters, like the, these really amazing uh, Sean Cheatham, yeah. Jeremy Lipking, cool. and that the that um, the, all those dudes. They're like they do likenesses every day. Michael yeah. Husser, you know, these guys that do these portrait paintings. It's like, you know, we're painting monsters every day, and then sometimes yeah. we do portraits. <laughs> so yeah. you know, it's where you put your focus is what you get really good at. You know. Yeah, I would like to mix some of that back in now, but yeah, me too. Out I can do it. I can, you know, I'm sure you can do it. I can, I can get a likeness now. It's just, it's not as easy as when I paint a monster. It's going to take me probably, you know, twice as long to do a portrait or three times yeah. as long as it is a as a monster of the same quality. Because that's, I mean, that's what to me is the what's so fun. One of the fun things, excuse me, about painting monsters. It's like it doesn't have to look like somebody. It's yeah, like, there's it, no wrong. Yeah. And you can, there, there's a wrong, but the, but, but it's not what the, it's not about likeness. It's about getting the form, right. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Or the light or the perspective or the lighting, you know, there's things that, you know, 
<laughs> I know what you're saying, but it's like, it's not about, you know, moving the eye a quarter of an inch one way and it'll, it'll make the likeness. It's like, it can, it can be it develop. The character can develop while you're painting it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's my favorite part. It's so I much mean, fun. It's I so, so creative. That's why I'll like, never who's, get sick Who's going to come out of this thing? I yeah. don't know <laughs> until it's done. And it's like, wow, this this thing, this is weird. <laughs> it's yeah, it's 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 magical in that way. It's because yeah. you're it's it came from nowhere. It came from your imagination. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. You know. Even like I, I do studies now for all my paintings as part of my process. It helps me to paint more efficiently on the when I get to that point of the big painting. So I always do a little study. Yeah. But I never like blow the study up and project it or anything like that. It's like I just look at it and eyeball it, and then it changes a little bit more. You know, the study is just to basically place things, get the colors basically where I want them roughly, mm-hmm. and and then I just, you know, let it go where it wants to go, and it usually changes a little bit, you know, quite a bit actually. So I'm curious how, like, like when you do your studies because you're getting the the main idea out in the study. So I'm curious, like how much do you have in mind when you start a study? Like, do you, you know, like, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a face with like, you know, this or that. And like, how much do you actually have in mind when you go to start it? Uh, Usually, or a lot of times, n- nothing at all. You know, sometimes yeah. I just won't even have an idea and I'll just use it as a sketch. Like the way I see it is studies. Uh, I don't I don't worry about proper technique. You know, I'm a little more concerned with like proper the proper technique on the big painting. Yeah. You know, it's more like it's a mixture of direct painting plus i'll let it dry and i'll do some glazing or i'll you know it's like it's like kind of whatever it takes just to get this idea out and I'm, the, I'm talking about the like the content though yeah okay well uh form of this creature whatever it is that you're painting you know how much how much do you have in mind it you know it depends it's it's sometimes if i'm working sometimes i, I you know um Best case scenario is I'll is I'll sketch first, and then I'll get an idea I like, and that's usually I don't usually go for like a fully rendered sketch. It's just a basic idea. Then I'll use the sketch and kind of work from that, and then develop it further in the study. And and then when it gets to a point where it's like, okay, I, I can see, I I basically paint as much as I need to. Yeah, to get so you know where it's going. To get enough mm-hmm. information for the big painting. So I a lot of times I will end up polishing up the study to sell, like adding a little bit more than I need. Like just after. so yeah, just yeah, basically. Just because it's like, oh, I'm gonna sell it. I could make this painting a little bit nicer. Because gotcha. usually it doesn't need to be that finished for me to, to move on to the big painting. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's like you know it when you have enough info, you just kinda know it's like, okay. I wasn't sure about how I was going to light this over here. But now that I did the study, I kind of have all those, you know, you kind of know where, where your problems might be or, you know, when you're thinking about it. So I don't know. It's always kind of different, but I don't know if that answered your question. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Sometimes 
I mean, mostly with graphite. Um, a lot of the times, I I just won't even have any any idea, and will literally start to emerge through the act of drawing. Right. But sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm like, or I'll do a sketch, or I'll go through my sketchbook and right. I'll find something like I really like this. I want to turn this into something real, and it it still changes a lot. Yeah. In the process, but you know, there there are times where. I have something in my mind and I'm like, I want to try and capture this thing that I see in my mind. And you still go through the same process and rough it out and try to find right. it because uh, you can't see it that clearly. But mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it's 100% free form, totally vague and, <laughs> yeah, same. Sometimes I'll set up a, a little panel. I have no idea, and I I use that to sketch basically. And so I'll kind of do a grisaille thing with with yeah. the study, and I'll just start with just putting crap on a you know, just putting strokes down, just to get some kind of idea. Yeah, and then kind of go from there. And and I I really enjoy that actually. It's like it's kind of like it's basically the sketching process in paint. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm trying to get to there. Uh, that's that's my goal is to get a little more comfortable with it to where I can just zonk out and just see what comes out of it, and then and then have the skills and the techniques to be able to refine that to the point of making a real painting. Right. So I'm I'm like almost there, but it's still like you're there to me. It, <laughs> Well, it feels very foreign still. Right, yeah. You want to get that second nature to where it's, you don't have to think about it. Yeah. And having the contrast of graphite, since graphite feels so comfortable. Yeah, you know, right. Just I know how to get it to do exactly what I want. Doesn't doesn't mean that it's, I'm perfect at it or something like that, but I know how to push and pull it, you know. Yep know how to erase things and redo things and get what I want. Whereas paint is still very like, we have a decent relationship. <laughs> it feels strange. That's probably, you know, we have, I think, uh, uh, you know, I think we, we share a lot of similarities with our work in a way. I mean, I, I see, I don't know. I, I, I recognize in your work, I, I recognize things I feel familiar with, with my work in a way. I can and, see that. And I, I think it's, I bet a lot of it has to do with um, the, the, the graphite thing, because that was the, always the constant since I was a little kid all through. That's the one thing I did always throughout um, the effects period and the CG period drawing. Yeah. I was always yeah. drawing. And that's why I always felt comfortable drawing, just like you're saying, and I think that's why the grisaille technique probably makes the most sense for us because we're so, so familiar with graphite and just yeah. working in values. Shading. Yeah. I like ballpoint a lot. As yeah, well. same here. Yeah. I used uh, to, I did pen and ink for a while too. I was really into rapidograph pointillism yeah. and stuff, you know? Totally. Yeah. I got a good tip for you though. Oh, yeah? Yeah, man. I've been, here's what I've been doing for my underpaintings, my grisaille underpaintings, 
lately, uh, six months or a year or something. Um, white and not black, but this company called uh, Vasari. Vasari paints are like expensive, really nice paints, but they have this cool raw umber. And I use this cool raw umber and titanium white. And I mix all my values from that, no black, because it makes a really nice neutral gray. All the grays are very nice and neutral. Whereas, you know, black, before when I would do grisaille, I would do black and white, but it would make this super too cool. All the grays were too bluish almost because they were so yeah. cool so you had to add a little yellow ochre a little burnt umber or something to warm it up but the the vasari raw umber and white are it's it's like the most perfect neutral gray for underpainting because i just love it i'll send you a link to it also sorry raw umber yeah it's like this cool raw umber or maybe i could send you some i've got these little <laughs> little glass jars because it's Vasari. you have to order the thing about the vasari paints is you have to order at least a hundred dollars of paint at a time <laughs> to place an order on it. so it's wow. like i'll put maybe i could put some in a little jar for you and send it but it, it's great oh, i love it i love okay. it yeah makes things a lot easier uh one thing that that changed for me that helped a lot recently is you know painting Painting, no matter how comfortable I get, even doing the direct painting, it always feels weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I started thinking maybe because I'm so used to working small and working with graphite and like drawing. Right. And whereas painting, you have a long brush and it's on an easel standing up and you're like kind of jabbing <laughs> at it from yeah. across the room, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, so I started like putting it on my lap or like mm. holding it and using a small brush and basically like holding the brush more like a pencil and like drawing. And that instantly made it a lot more comfortable. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. I've been trying to do that a little more uh, like these little ones. I'll just I'll just hold it in my hand mm. like a sketchbook and I'll just paint and like rest my palm you know that's another thing like i'm used to having my palm rested right on the side of my drawing or something i like have all these subconscious techniques yeah yeah holding my hand and like anchoring my hand while i draw so i don't smudge it have you ever used a a mall stick for painting those are I've seen people use those and life changer, man, (laughs) life changer. You just get anything, get any stick, a big yard stick works, any like stick and just, you just lean it up against your, you know, easel. And then you just kind of hold it with your, your left hand and adjust it. And then just rest your hand on it to paint for detail. It's like, it works so well. It's amazing. I use it. I use a, a a grabber, you know, those old people grabbers that like, yeah, (laughs) um, I, I, because I, I kept dropping my my brushes down behind my easel, and my space is really <laughs> cramped. So I, I got a grabber to pick up these brushes that I kept dropping behind my easel, and then I realized, oh, if I put a couple screws in here, I can kind of rest it, and it fits right, like works just like a mall stick. So I kind of rest it on there. But man, it, it's it was a it was a huge. Uh... It's kind of hilarious. <laughs> I know. <laughs> 
I know. I got the. I know what the best grabber is too on Amazon. <laughs> I research grabbers. No, uh, but yeah, that, that that's that'll be might be helpful too. But I know some some artists who paint flat. It seems like someone on the I interviewed recently is like a person that they have they paint flat on a desk. Interesting. Yeah, which is a trip. But you don't get yeah. the benefit of backing up though. That I mean, that's one yeah. great thing about painting. And holding the brush, like you're saying, like kind of holding the brush back is that you're keeping that distance. So you don't, yeah. you know, fuck up because you're just going like that, you know? And yeah, then, I, mean, I, I get that. I know why people do it. It's not it. comfortable it's, though. I know what you mean. Yeah. It's not comfortable. It's just not, but I'm going to try the mall stick. I think that'll be a pretty big thing. It's, oh, it it's will be, been yeah. on my mind for years. I'm like, I should really try that. And yep. I just never do i'm sure there's awkwardly holding my arm there (laughs) you probably got something not like that curtain rod up there you could probably take that curtain rod and use it as a mall stick you could use anything yeah i think i have a like an old broomstick yeah broomstick anything it's great i want i want to hear i want to hear you have to text me when you after you try it and let me know how you liked it (laughs) so okay um what so do you, what are your plans? What are your future plans? Are you just kind of like, go? You mm-hmm. are you following as, you know, just to the next step, constantly and just following this this uh, path, or do you have like a, do you have grand goals that you see in yes, the future? No, or? I mean, <laughs> kind of. I I know things that I want to do and start incorporating, um, and I know, so you know, like two steps down the road. I know uh, content-wise, like two steps down, like what I what I want to try and do after I'm done with this round. I want to start incorporating, you know, I want to start getting into backgrounds and landscapes. Mm, right. And having multiple characters, you know. So I'm, I'm really taking it like one tiny step at a time. It's like one character to start with simple light source and background. And, and, you know, I'm going to slowly add until I'm able to make entire scenes. Uh, And same with like content, like I'm not worrying about that sort of content. So I'm, I'm keeping it simple content wise, like thinking about a face and what kind of weird stuff I want to see in that face. So, like, I have goals as far as how I'm going to go stepping stone into the art that I really want to be making. But then there's also, you know, like, life goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm probably going to be leaving Philly soon. Oh. Um, Where are you going? It's, it's been fun. Uh, and I've met... A, ton of amazing artists here it's really amazing art scene yeah i know it's crazy you guys have a really great art you've got like yeah incredible art scene out there and like the galleries there's cool galleries uh it's there's a lot of really great stuff and then proximity to new york and i'd never been to the east coast before i came here so i i really vibe with the east coast vibe i think Mm -hmm. it's I don't know. It kind of feels like my people somehow. Mm-hmm. Like just the attitude. There's something about it over here. But mm-hmm. 
my girlfriend and I both really don't like the weather. <laughs> yeah, really that's sucks. what everybody complains about. That's kind of crap. <laughs> um, also, the rents just keep going up, and like our we're not making any more money. We're like our right. wages are not going up at all. <clears throat> uh, so we're trying to figure out like where a good cheap spot is. Yeah. And we're realizing that we just don't know. Yeah. So I think we're going to kind of nomad it for a while and just kind of get a vehicle and travel around and explore and, just kind of see what we like. You know, we, we both have the benefit of working for ourselves from right. home. So we're going to try and explore and uh, see what happens. Wow. So ultimately we want to get somewhere that we can afford that the weather's nice that yeah. we can hopefully buy a house someday and be able to like chill out. Do you, do you, yeah, yeah. I, you know, you're yeah, at that. You're, you're at that age. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's at, at our age. You start thinking about stuff like that. You yeah. know, um, it's funny because I, I, from what I hear you saying about where you're going with your artwork, it's like uh, I could be totally off here, but it seems like you're you're building up your skills in all these areas that will eventually lead you to a place to where you can entirely paint this reality maybe you know what i mean like kind of and and it's like i could really see your reality you know as a movie or you know kind of like what i'm doing with my reality with a dystopia book but is that something that you I, i mean every artist is painting their reality basically but but i could see you know with your background in film as well i could see that translating into something yeah. like that and it seems I like think, you know you could eventually i think about that every once in a while uh i did a a little creature design uh, freelance gig like a couple months ago someone hit me up they're like oh we're doing this short film and we want you to design our monster and i'm like you know no one ever wants me to design their monster. <laughs> and you know, they actually wanted me, they wanted my weird stuff. They wanted me to go all out and make something really bizarre. Mm-hmm. And they were pretty hands off. That's cool. They're like, we want it weird. We want your stuff. And so I did. And it was really fun. Finally having someone that would just let me do it. Right. So I really just kind of let loose and made these fucking weird monsters like no one's ever gonna want to put these monsters in their film like they're (laughs) ridiculous Uh, and they loved them so that's so cool so there was this moment of like oh i love the film industry you know we're we're good friends after all you know (laughs) (laughs) that's where i'm at too man i'm the same boat i'm like i know all these people i know writers i know cinematographers I know computer people. I know totally, effects people. Totally. I know. Yeah. Every aspect. So I, know costumes. I, had that, I had that moment of like, God, I should totally hit up my friends and we should like start writing a movie. And, right. You know, like it's in there. It's definitely part of me. Okay. I, can't, I can't escape it. I, I think that's a good thing. 
I think it's uh, awesome. But it, it's not really. It's not the main it's goal. Not part of the plan. Right, uh, right. I definitely want to paint. You know, like you were saying, I I do want to be able to come up with a whole crazy scenario and make an entire painting. Um, but you know, we, we watched uh, we watched Evil Dead last night. And we watched both of them, Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, to compare and contrast. Mm-hmm. God, the first one is so good. Oh, it's amazing. And it just, like, the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, God, I want to make a movie. They spent, and like, was, what was the budget on that? It was it was basically... Not very much. Yeah, a <laughs> bunch of people got together, Sam Raimi and Rob Tappert, the producer, I think, and their friends a few of their friends and they just fucking made a movie put like shot it on 16 millimeter or something i think yeah so it's great i i definitely want to get into that more and that's also one of the things i'm gonna it's on my like stepping stone list uh is i want to start experimenting with film i want to i want to make weird little eraser head style right experimental short films you know definitely uh, and i do want to get back into cg i want to mix and match all of that and i want to sculpt and make weird little puppets and combine <laughs> all of it. also music uh same here yeah yeah you're a musician you uh we've been trying to have like music night and recording just really oh, cool but shit you know just ridiculous stuff but <laughs> what do you play uh lately just like synthesizers oh cool uh, i love synthesizers I used to do the guitar and then i've just really been on a synthesizer kick for like i don't know the past seven years or so and i don't know it's fun and I, I love i love film scores i love uh you know cinematic stuff mm. i love like post rock, you know, stuff without vocals. Mm-hmm. Like that's predominantly what I listened to in the first place. So, mm. and then like weird synth pop and doomy stuff. And I don't know. Like, I totally would love to do film scores or make weird little films with right. weird music. You know, like, it all totally, plays man. together. Like it all just feels the same to me, you know? Like yeah. I want information so that I can add weird music to right. it. <laughs> you know, it's all, it all ties together. So uh, we'll see. I don't, I don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah. you know, I'm also one of those people that has way too many hobbies and interests. So, like, yeah. maybe I need to tone it down and just pick one. That's that's what I mean when I when I started doing the fine art thing that's what I decided I was going to do. I was like, okay. The band, you know, I was in a band for 10 years. That didn't work. It's over. Computer <laughs> animation, I got burnt out on that because I ended up, yeah. you know, I just got burnt out. No more. I was like put it all aside and it's like I'm going <laughs> to yeah. I because at that point I, I I had a house. Like I bought a house. And I had kids and everything. So yeah. I was like, if I'm going to do this fine art thing, I can't afford not to make decent money at it at least. 
So I'm like, I have to put my full focus on fine art. And so it was like, that's why I didn't do any music or anything for, you know, probably 10 years or something. Well, I was Mm -hmm. just like, you know, completely just doing it. Nose to the grindstone, reading about art marketing, how to sell your work, how to promote, blah, blah, blah. I was just grinding it and grinding it because it was the only way I was going to be able to support this art habit, you know, and, you know, do, do what I really wanted to do. So then, you know, when things, I started making some money and, and, and making a living at it, then I like picked the guitar back up and I got a bass and I was like, Oh man, I fucking love playing music so much. I so miss this. And then I started kind of writing music. So then I like, I started bringing the hobbies back a little bit. I got a synthesizer. Yeah. I got a little, was it Arturio Micro Brute? Like, I, don't, yeah. I got one of those because they're cheap. And I was like, oh, yeah, man, it's so, so awesome. Um, so so I'm like, you know, I'm still not at a point where, like, I can't let myself start playing video games or anything. Or, you know, I'm really, I'm still focused. I'm still like, because yeah. uh, I'm not career-wise, it's like I'm not to a place yet where I... I want to be to where I can, I want to get to a place where I don't have to fucking work seven days a week. Yeah. 12 hours a day. That's where I want to get to. <laughs> totally. And it's like, until I get there, I'm just, I'm going to keep going straight ahead on that, you know? So, um, but, but I look forward to the day when I can collect synthesizers. I'm so into, I so into synthesizers. I'm so, I just drool. I just, I go on YouTube and watch synthesizer demo videos for hours i'm just like do the same thing i've been into synthesizers since i since the 70s when i first heard devo when i was like 12 and i'm like before the freedom of choice album devo like the first two and all the the hardcore devo the weird shit i got that's when i got into synthesizers and i actually saved my money up and bought a realistic realistic put out a mini moog uh, yeah yeah you know that one the MG1, I think. Yeah, I I saved all my money and bought one when I was like 13 oh, years old. I still have it. It needs right. to be like repaired and stuff. The pots are all oh, scratchy. Those are, those are worth a lot of money now. Really? Well, you know. probably not in the condition it's in, but you can, I there's places that you can get them fixed in yeah. LA for sure. But I spent so much time with that thing. I loved it. So I've been like I've had this love affair with synthesizers and my fantasy since I was a kid. So my fantasy is like. Someday I'm gonna have a, an, a room of just analog synths that I collect. Oh, yeah. That would be the dream, oh, right? I want that. <laughs> when I'm when I'm to the point where I finally have a house, I'm gonna have like the synth room. Build my studio, and then I'm totally gonna have a synth room that's oh, like wall to wall modular synth. Room. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Carlos Carlos does that stuff a lot. Um, he'll Carlos Suante? One time, yeah. One time, I went into his studio when we were working together, and like, just wanted to check in, see what he was drawing. You know, like be annoying and fanboy. And yeah. Like, what are you doing, Carlos? <laughs> he had music playing. And I'm like, wow, what are you listening to? It sounded really good. It was very like, synthy kind of Red Sparrowsy sort of stuff, and. Mm. He was just listening to his own music. Oh, wow. He's like constantly like just using software, soft synths and stuff and making soundtracks or he'll do like a demo video and he'll just add his music to it. 
and then just like listen to it or like he said when he was working on prometheus he would like he would make songs to listen to to draw up oh that's you know? <laughs> so it's kind of like a soundtrack that he would just listen to that's pretty amazing that's an interesting idea yeah, it's like, I don't know, there's ways to, to incorporate it without going whole hog, you know? You yeah. Have, you don't have to, like, ditch everything, but... I just, it's hard I'm to find... It all it's all new to me still, so... It's hard to find the time, that's my thing. Just, you know, to where you're like, even giving yourself a day, for me, giving mm-hmm. myself a day to let myself play... Yeah. On, the, you know, like, I got Logic on my computer and it's like, I know it a little bit enough to kind of like piece something together. It's like just a day to do that is, you know, cause I've got this, all these things I got to do. What know? we've been trying to do is having different, different nights. So like we'll have one night a week where it's reading night mm-hmm. and we'll, after work, after we're all done, we'll just like get our books out and read for the night with, that's a good idea. And then one night a week, we would have music night where we just turn all the shit on and turn the recorder on and just make a bunch of noise and see what happens, you know? That's cool. And then we have stuff recorded that we can then someday maybe turn it into a real song. Right. Pick this out and turn it in. Just jamming, basically. Yeah, yeah. And it's fun. It's really inspiring, but... You know, there's you you always run into that problem where it's like uh, I have this deadline. And yeah, I don't really feel like it. Yeah, and I let it slip <laughs> once, and then the next thing you know, it's been two months. You know. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's a struggle, but I don't know. I'm trying. Yeah. You got to try. You got to try. <laughs> that's 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 another thing I miss is reading, man. I used to fucking read it so much when I was a kid and I've always been a, I love it. I love reading so much and it's, there's never time. Yeah, so and I, I do books on tape, but they're not the same. I like to yeah. I'd rather read. Uh, my big thing right now that I'm battling with both of us here, uh, is the phone, like right. being self-employed and this new age of, social media you know i'm reliant on social media so i have to obsess over it and it's to the point now where it's like the phone is killing me i'm with you all of us i know i know you look around you go out you get on the subway or the bus or something literally every human around you is glued to their screen yep so we're really trying to get off of our screens completely get off the computer detox get off the phone yeah just turn it off literally turn it off for the entire day and work because it's affecting work it's affecting my attention span me too all of it i'm trying to figure out how to how to focus like you know i i don't want to get on medication you know i don't want to take right i don't want ritalin i don't want to (laughs) i don't want to take antidepressants i don't want to like mask all the stuff that really is coming from computers and totally man 
that's really one of the big things that I'm battling right now, trying to, to overcome for my art and for my like health. Yeah. So, and I, I don't know. I think I think maybe people are starting to catch on a little. I hope. <laughs> I, I've I've like. I don't know how long it's been, but um, I just have been, I don't, it's maybe been, I used to be on social media all the time, promoting constantly, like yeah. all the time, like multiple times a day, I'd be checking in. And I got to a point where um, I got so sick of hearing everybody's goddamn opinion about everything. Yeah. It's so yeah, irritating. It's not, yeah. And it's it was, not, yeah. No, no. And it's, and it put me in a, it just put me in such a bad mood all the time that I just, I haven't been on like I used to, I just kind of stopped. And, you know, my social media has, um, suffered a bit, you know, like getting my, you know, cause I'm I'm trying to build my numbers on Instagram cause I'm trying to get people onto Patreon and blah, blah, blah. But I just couldn't take it. I'm just like, I gotta stop. I can't deal with it anymore. So I just have not been on there like I used to. And I feel a lot better. Yeah. I notice a difference yeah. for sure. I'm so much it, it in a helps. better headspace, you know? There was a period I I turned my phone off for, what, like three days. Wow. And it was like... <laughs> that seems like such a big difference. thing. It's like, so I, now I want to just like go out into the woods for a week at a time and right. not even have the option, you know, like... I just I feel like humanity needs to reconnect with nature and the world. Definitely, we we got it's not going well. No, like there's there's good there's good aspects. Knowing the struggles in the world is is good, and it's there are benefits happening from it. You know, definitely, there's change that's happening. That would only happen because of that. Yep, which is great. Absolutely, but we're also getting to the point where we're all taking on everyone's struggles. Right, to where we're overwhelmed, and you know, people are basically suicidal. Right, <laughs> everybody's like, mis- miserable. Everything yeah. fucking sucks. Yep, everything's shit, and uh, I'm just gonna stay in bed all day. Yeah, and being self-employed. It definitely doesn't help, you know. Yeah, you right. have the option to stay fed <laughs> all day. I know. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm trying to detach and connect with my art, and it's hard, but it's exciting too. I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 like you know, social media and the internet has made given us these huge, amazing benefits and huge horrible uh anti-benefits is <laughs> yeah. same like in equal measure so it's like it's more of everything it seems like and it and it's yeah. uh yeah. but i don't know where it's gonna go i don't like, either the the gallery world is definitely struggling mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's solely because of social media oh for internet. sure yeah but it's great for the artist at the same time like Someone I heard someone say recently that we're we're experiencing a golden age in art right now, mm-hmm. and I 
I think that's true. I think, Definitely. I think we're in the midst of something that we've never seen before. For sure. Totally. It's easy to 100%. take it for granted. Yeah. Because, you know, like a lot of these people came from comic books and film and sort of, you know, not from the fine art world. But like this is I think this is big. I think in the future we're going to be looking back at this and like this is a pretty big thing. Definitely. There's more amazing art being made every single day than I think there ever has been before. Right. So that's cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. It's like you get that, and then at the same time you get, you know, everybody sharing. <laughs> What's that? All of us are broke. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I mean, but but you you know you're getting that, and you have the potential to be your own boss. Promote yeah. yourself. I mean, the idea of taking an ad out in a in an art magazine in like the seventies or the sixties, you had to have thousands of dollars to take an ad yeah. out to promote yourself. Now you could do it for free. On the other hand, though, you're getting you know, just peep. What it's like the thing that drives me nuts is like people don't think, and I and I'm guilty of this as well. People don't think of what they're putting out there on their social media feeds. They just an idea. They're pissed. They're depressed yeah. and they want to get it out and share it. And so they just put, you just, it's like, uh, social media is like what everybody's always thinking. And yeah. we didn't used to have to deal with everybody's thoughts all the time. Yeah. So now it's like, we're dealing with everybody's thoughts and how yeah. fucked bummed they are, or how pissed they are, or how stupid this person is, or all the animals yeah. that are being killed in this fire. Yeah. And, and it's just like this barrage of, of negativity. And it's like, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta separate yourself for your own sanity to some degree, or you just get sucked down. Yeah, you get sucked into yeah. it. But anyway. so yeah, I'm going for uh, <laughs> no screens, no more screens. I think yeah. screens are rotting our brains. Uh, <laughs> I'm with you. It's a matter of balancing it. Oh yeah, look at you this. Know? I got as part of. You see that? Oh, a Walkman. <laughs> Wait, yeah. I got I got to screen grab that too. Wait, pulled it up again. <laughs> this is this is right. all part of the plan, and we. I'm going old school. I'm going Hold cassette tapes and shit. What is VHS. this? What? Oh, control. Okay, I got. It. Hold on. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. <laughs> it's excellent. <laughs> Oh man, I remember when I first I remember I remember getting my first Walkman when they first came out the first year. Oh wow. And it wasn't even a cassette, it was a radio only and that was like yeah. AM FM. Yeah, it was amazing. But <laughs> Yeah, man, I've been just like making my own mixtapes basically and That's cool. Just listen to it. I don't have to worry about, oh, I got a notification on my, what's on my phone. Oh, next thing you know, I'm reading the news. Yeah, right. right yep. <laughs> <laughs> Things are horrible. I, for, I, I forgot for a minute. Everything's oh, terrible. Yeah, sucks. <laughs> but that's the so, thing because yeah. it, it doesn't. It doesn't no, suck. It doesn't. And, it's, and it, it appears to suck. It's like there's, yeah. amazing, there's so much amazing stuff happening, but, you know, all the news is just negative, so. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, it's amplified. You you yeah. amplify the negative, and uh, eh. ah. <laughs> over it. Yes. Well, 
That's a good. That's this is a good point to 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 quit. We're almost at two hours here, so see, oh, what, wow. wasn't that easy? It wasn't hard, yeah. was it? Super easy. Told you. <laughs> Never doubt me again. Chat's always right. <laughs> well, yeah, that was a, a really fun interview, and I I appreciate you taking this time out um, and sitting in yeah. front of a screen for for yeah. me and for the audience. People are gonna dig this. Um, uh, I'll put your descript your all your links and whatever you want to promote in the in the um in the description. But where do where can people find you online? Just for people that are listening right now. Mostly Instagram, uh, predominantly Instagram. Just Nathan Wright, and then my website. How do you spell it? Uh, Nathan your last name. R e i d t. Okay. It's pronounced right. Okay. So, I think people are confused a lot. Yeah, I, w- I thought it was a r- Reddit. Or... <laughs> right. Okay. And yeah, just NathanWright.com, and that's that's my like website and my store all in one. So excellent. Uh, that's it. I'm on Facebook, but man, I hate Facebook. That's oh, the worst. <laughs> it's a, it's a... But I'm on there if you it's want. A... If you want to hang out with me on Facebook, <laughs> it's such a hellhole. Yeah, that's the main one that I kind of got. Yeah, off. that one's become even even worse. I know. Like, ugh. I know it's a bitch. Well, anyway, let's not get pulled back into that negative bullshit. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Huge fan of your work. People should buy. People should buy Nathan's work because he's gonna. He's he's so good. I'm telling you, he's gonna be. If you, if you buy just for, even if you, you know, you buy for um, uh, investment sake, some people buy for investment, not, not many in this scene do, but, yeah but, but sometimes that can be the, the, the deciding factor of a sale, you know, yeah Nathan's stuff is going to be valuable, I believe in the future. So I'm just saying, think of it like a stock tip. That's my opinion. Uh, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> I got my fingers crossed. Yes. Well, a big part of, you know, art art careers burgeoning or flowering into uh, becoming like a becoming like a big name artist. A lot of time comes from artists that part of that is you have to keep creating the art. You have to be dedicated to it. And some people can't hang because it's a really hard lifestyle and you seem like you're in for the long haul so to me with yeah i mean i'm doing this no matter what right i have no choice exactly but, yeah uh, so you'll be around yeah. your your work will be around and so you should... i'll be around in one capacity or another for yep. sure <laughs> and it's always going to be weird stuff yeah know that good excellent all right well Thanks again for 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 coming on, people. I'm yeah. just I'm gonna, I'm gonna remind people if you want to join the Dark Art Society Patreon, you could join for just a dollar a month at darkartpatreon.com/darkartsociety. Yeah, that's it. And uh, okay, all right. So um, don't hang up, but let's say goodbye to the audience. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks again, Chet. Uh, this is a rad podcast. Oh, I'm glad. Everyone benefits from it. That's amazing. So cool. appreciate thank that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>